Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Modsy, whose 3D rendering software can help you get unstuck if you cannot figure out the design of a room. And this weekend only, they're running a Black Friday special for 50% off. So for about 35 bucks, you can get two renderings of your space filled with real furniture from real stores. Stay tuned for more and check them out at modsy.com YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're sharing the good, the bad, and the incredibly embarrassing things we've juggled over the last 10 years of building a business and figuring out our decorating style on a public stage called the World Wide Web. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Woohoo! I am still fighting to get my voice back. It's been like 12 days. I've lost count. It's just severe laryngitis, guys. Yeah, we have a lot of scratchy voice in store for you guys today. <laughs> yeah, we do. Because we're actually going to do something kind of special this week. Uh, some of you may know that a couple months ago, we celebrated an anniversary of Young House Love. Actually, our 10-year anniversary of it. We kind of celebrated a little bit quietly because I don't know if you should make a big deal out of 10 years when you took a year off. Right. We're like, that. is it nine? Is it 10? Yeah. How does that technically count? But you guys might remember that we used to do these like blogiversary weeks every time we had an anniversary of Young House Love where we sort of talked about our business and went behind the scenes a little bit. Obviously, we didn't do that this year. We just kind of, I don't know. We observed it with a tip of the hat and said, good day. Yes. But actually, we figured let's do that a bit today because recently we were in Bristol, Virginia, giving a talk to a bunch of people about sort of decorating and business. It was at a grand opening of a home consignment store there called House Dressing. And in that talk, we sort of looked back on the last decade of both how we built our business and the kind of ups and downs along the way. And also through that, how we figured out sort of decorating and finding our style, because those are two things for us that kind of went hand in hand. It's like a retrospective, as laughable as that word is, because this is not like cue the music and the soft focus on our faces as we hold a smiling pose for too long. It's more like we analyzed it from a global perspective and we said, it's really cool to look at 10 years and see like there was that speed bump and that issue and that triumph and then we went into this embarrassing moment and so this is like a audio timeline of the last 10 years and hopefully it just helps you guys because we talk about decorating realizations we talk about business realizations we talk about life realizations and um, I think it's fun every once in a while to pause and like look at that stuff so you really can take stock and make sure you like where you're going and sort of figure out what happened to get you there I'm going to give just a couple disclaimers up front about this one is that there were some presentation slides that we used that showed some pictures to anchor these moments we will put the important ones in the show notes at young younghouselove.com slash podcast. You'll be able to follow along just fine without them. But if you want to see some of the things that we're referencing, you can check those out and see the pictures there. Yeah, this is a podcast where we describe decorating things all the time. So I feel like it's just par for the course if you hear us describe a decorating thing because that's what this is. Yeah, you guys are used to that. And the other thing is just this was a live talk that we were recording. So you will hear some sort of like noises in the background from other people. The photographer was the very, <laughs> very shutter happy that they had they had hired. So you'll hear him clicking away. Yeah, there were a lot of like crowd shots and store shots too. So that wasn't just like someone taking 100 pictures of us in the beginning because you will hear a lot of clicking in the beginning. I do travel with a personal photographer anywhere I go. <laughs> you got to stop making me laugh. Okay. Well, with that, let's just hit play. 
Can everyone hear me? I'm going to try and project, and it will sound like nails on a chalkboard, but I'll, I'll get as screechy as possible. And I apologize in advance for holding my phone rudely. I'm using it as my clicker. So yeah, I'm, there's I'm not an app for during, everything. Yeah. But as Martha said, we are John and Sherry from the blog Young House Love. Uh, the funny thing about Young House Love is actually a couple months ago, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary of it. And so we have spent a lot of time between the two of us looking back and sort of reminiscing about the journey that we've gone through to be doing what we're doing today. So we thought tonight what we would do is take you through that a little bit. Uh, we've entitled this A Decade of Renovating Homes, Building a Business, and Making Plenty of Mistakes Along the Way. Sort of the theme that we saw when looking back at everything that both in designing a home or a space as well as building a business, things do not happen overnight. I think a lot of us can easily get frustrated when we're not finding our style right away or we're not getting to that finished project as quickly as we wanted, or if we're not even seeing the success in whatever creative endeavors or business that we're taking on. And especially these days with social media and people like suddenly going crazy on Pinterest overnight, it feels like it can happen in an instant. That certainly was not our experience. <laughs> Instead, sort of what we saw is that it's really about collecting experiences over time and letting those things build as time goes on. You may not know which experiences at the time are going to be the thing that launches you to the next thing. So the sort of key ingredients for us have been... Follow your gut, enjoy the evolution, and be willing to mess up. Because I think you just can't have it without that third one. In our case, we were messing up on a global stage because everyone was watching us over the last 10 years. <laughs> but I really think that's the only way, even if you take finding your style as an example... You have to buy the wrong rug to realize you don't like that rug. And then you have to return that rug and buy the other rug or Craigslist that rug because it's not returnable. Like you will weave your way through it and create a layered room that you love. And in the same way, you can weave your way through life and create a career or a business that you love. You might look at other people and think it's overnight success. But every single person I talked to that I assume it was that has this winding, crazy story. So we thought sharing ours over the last 10 years might help you guys see that both finding your style and, you know, creating a life is not a very straight line. We figured actually the easiest way to tell you sort of how it evolved was to go through some of the timeline. We're going to start further back than 10 years ago to 2004 when um, Sherry and I both graduated from college. The important part about this is that neither of us had any sort of degree in design, <laughs> architecture, uh, websites, computers, any of that stuff. I graduated from UVA uh, with a degree in media studies. I graduated from FIT, which is a fine art school in New York City. I wanted to be an artist and my mom said no. So then I was like, okay, I'll go to art school and I'll study something practical. It was advertising design. So it was basically laying out ads. And when I graduated, I decided hey, I just spent four years spending money to do this thing, but I like copywriting better. There's basically a copywriter and an art director on every team. And I was an art director. And I just said to another art director, let me be the copywriter, you be the art director. And we got a job doing that. So it was my first experience in that just because you followed a certain path doesn't mean you're stuck on that path. And I pivoted, someone hired us. And it was amazing. Sherry and I got jobs at the same ad agency in New York City. Um, Sherry got to do very exciting things like work on the Got Milk campaign. I got to do very exciting things like work on feminine hygiene products. <laughs> and yes, one of my jobs as the lowly person on the team was to go purchase all of this at the various drugstores around New York City. So like all the girls in the office would be like, John, don't look. I need something from under your desk. And he was like, well, I hate my job so much. I was told to buy these for research. Yeah. But anyways, we worked at the same ad agency, but we 
didn't start dating for a few months. We worked on a commercial together for baby shampoo. We secretly dated. We didn't tell anyone at our office. It wasn't against the rules, but we just figured, you know, we didn't want anyone to suspect Don't rock anything. the boat. Yeah. Right. But obviously, we kind of blew up that secret in 2006 when we moved to Virginia together. They were like, that's weird. John resigned the same day as you, and you're both moving to Virginia. I was like, yeah, we might even share a moving truck. Weird. <laughs> well, we actually shared an apartment, and then um, shortly after got engaged, and actually very quickly after that, purchased our first house. It was a fixer-upper. It's what we could afford, and we were excited to start making our mark on a place after having rented for so long. Just being able to, you know, paint your own fireplace and not have a landlord yell at you was very exciting. Our sort of first big DIY project, though, was actually our wedding. We got married in the backyard of our house. We catered it ourselves. We made the table settings ourselves. We got the plates at Ikea because it was cheaper, actually, than renting them because the dishwashing fee of the rental made them more expensive. We line-itemed and priced everything. We did as much as we could. We had no fresh flowers except for a grocery store bouquet that I got that morning. Standing in Kroger like, I'm getting married today. (laughs) And we did like lemons and limes as the table settings and these little vases. I got on clearance at Michael's. It was the first time, I think, as we were fixing up our first house on a budget that we realized you can kind of apply DIY to lots of things. I think this whole presentation you'll see, it was about us like growing our skills and learning new things and being open to that sort of thing. Uh, But it certainly was not all smooth sailing. (laughs) These are some early pictures of our first house. I was talking about that thrill of getting to paint and I somehow translated it to like, let's paint every possible color we could paint. So we had like the blue room. Uh, That's actually a yellow. You can't really tell. It's a, I don't know, kind of lime green. Uh, so it was not success right out of the gate. We didn't figure out our style. Yeah, I think we repainted every single room in that house at least one time, sometimes twice. And my tip for paint colors, since this is like a decorating event and I wanted to give you guys little tips, is when you pick a paint color, almost always it benefits to pick the swatch that has more gray in it. So standing in the store, if you want a light blue, don't pick the pure blue because it will look like a Tiffany's box. Like you are inside of a bright, glowing Tiffany's box. Pick the the gray blue that almost doesn't even look blue. It's a hint of blue because on the wall it will magnify and it will reflect and it will look so much brighter than it does on the little swatch. This is where we got to eventually. Like this is our our bedroom from our first house, which was just a square box with a nice wallpaper border at the top. Um, (laughs) We freshened up at one of the big things in here because it had one of those tiny 1950s uh, ranch house closets is we added these built-in closets on either side of the bed to give us more storage, but also create this kind of cozy look in the house. This was actually the room that got us on HE. TV, not because of our website, but just because someone who was redoing a room used it as inspiration for it. So we were on Rate My Space. Now it's Angelo Sermelis. He's like a lovable bald man. (laughs) This was our living room in that house when we bought it. It was just this dark kind of brick cave and we lightened it up with just mostly paint. You know, that was our first lesson in the power of paint. I think we painted just about every single surface in that room. There's another lesson to us that like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. This wasn't like learning how to build things. It was just simple techniques that we were figuring out along the way. Uh, It was in 2007 that we started our website. This is sort of what it looked like around the time. And we started that just actually to document our kitchen renovation that we had done right after our wedding was, was over. I just wanted a place to sort of vent the frustrations of a renovation. I said, let's start a blog. And Sherry begrudgingly went along. I was like, that's so weird. Do you want to complain to the internet? Like, aren't enough people complaining on the internet already? And then I, being a writer, he was typing away. And I was like, I want to type too. And like within two days, it became something we did together. 
But we fully kind of anticipated that once that renovation wrapped up, we'd just be done and move on to other things. But one thing that we had done in that time was we'd entered this contest to just see if we could win the People's Choice Prize. It was like a thousand dollars if you got all your friends to vote for you. And I was like, I can get my friends to vote for me. Well, I was we- like, we need paint. And this is a thousand dollars of paint. And we have Facebook friends. We can rule this. And then no, no. we only lost by like a million votes because big bloggers were doing it. And I didn't realize that big bloggers have like huge followings. But we did win the judged prize, which we didn't. <laughs> well, I'll explain a little bit more about the story and why this says this young house, because that was the original name of our website. But yeah, we won the judge prize that was judged on the basis of the quality of renovation and also your documentation of it. And that was sort of the first thing for us that we were like, hey, maybe we're good at this and maybe we should stick with it and see where it goes. Because we'd only been doing it for a few months and we were about to end it because we were done with the kitchen. And so we went out to dinner and I remember looking at John and saying, like, do we like this? If other people like outside people are saying we're good at this and we like this, let's just see where it goes. Well, and I was that, like, it just won me $5,000. Yeah. Right? I don't think we'd be here if we hadn't won that contest because we were just about to shut it down. We were done. You know, it's amazing how things can happen in your life and take you down a different path. So we decided to sort of put some more time into it and see if we could actually start to earn some income off of it. And so we started putting some Google ads around the site <laughs> and just kind of waited for the dough to roll in. We were like checking every half hour. It was yeah. like zero. Um, these, Still zero. This is our, our report from our first month. We earned $10.59. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to Home Depot. Clearly a runaway success. But it was enough for us to say, let's keep at it. So things started to pick up a little bit of steam as we kept blogging. In 2009, we were lucky enough to be featured in a few magazines. These were not things we necessarily sought out. They were people who just found our blog. Um, We were in a series of features in Do It Yourself magazine. We were young and fun at the time. We're (laughs) older and more tired now. I don't know. We're like middle-aged house love now. Um, And we were on the cover of a magazine called The Nest as well. Um, With Berger, who's like the true star. Yeah, with our dog. He was the mascot. Before you have children, you put your dog in everything. (laughs) But we hit our first big hiccup in 2009 also. I said our website was called This Young House at the time. And just as we were gaining steam, we got a nice cease and desist letter from Time Inc. saying that we were creating consumer confusion with a, another popular title, This Blank House, you might be familiar with. Bob Vila. Um, it was traumatic, I guess, to get that. when you <laughs> On feel our like, two-year wedding anniversary, we were like, we're getting sued. We need to hire a lawyer. In retrospect, as hard as it was at the time, it was good for us because I think having to switch to a name that was ownable to us allowed us to do things like write a book called Young House Love and have products labeled Young House Love. So had it not been for this, we might have run into more trouble down the road. So blessing in disguise didn't feel like it at the time. Right. So like my encouragement to you is if ever in business or life or decorating room, you just feel so annoyed by some unexpected speed bump. Often when we look back at those, that shifts where you're going in a good way and you learn something from it. But at the time, you just don't even want to hear that. So you won't believe me now, but later you might look back and it might make all the sense in the world why that happened. 2010 was a big year for us. Our daughter was born. That's also the day, actually the day she was born was the day I quit my full-time job. Um, we had ramped up the earnings on the website enough that it could support our small little family. And so we were two full-time bloggers for the first time. Um, and it was terrifying. Yeah, because <laughs> we had a baby. Took, yeah, we both took pay cuts to do it, and we had a small mouth to feed. But we said it was just kind of like when we decided to continue the blog after we won that contest. We said, like, let's just see this through. Like, the way that John handed in his resignation was not, smell you later, I'm out of here. It was like, I'll probably be back in four months. I just have to see this through. And it, thank goodness, continued to grow. And it was 
an okay choice, even though both of our parents were like, what is a blogger and why are you doing that? <laughs> um, 2010 was also the year that Sherry got to meet her idol, Nate Burkus. We were invited to be guests on his He's show. He's a doll, you guys. A doll of a human being. It also was the year that we moved. We had sort of outgrown our first house. We finished renovating it. And also now with three of us at home all the time, it felt very crowded. So um, we moved into our second home. Um, and these are some after photos of after we finished renovating it. And it was interesting because we really sort of took a new turn in our decorating style. We were much more colorful and experimented a lot more with do-it-yourself projects, building projects. I think it was a reaction to our first house, which was very neutral, I think. And we bought it when we were 25. We were attempting to feel like grown-ups. And so we tried to decorate like we thought grown-ups would, which was like, let's be neutral and get the tan couch. And this house was like the bright green couch and all that stuff. So Bright green rug. Excuse me. There was something bright green. <laughs> bright green chairs. There was a lot of a color that I call grello, which is funny because now you don't see grello. Green and yellow. It's like an acid green that had a moment. But the funny thing about this is looking back, we're like, that is not our style anymore. But it's almost like we had to go crazy with color and we had to go neutral to figure out where we were going to fall on the scale. Um, it was also around that time that we moved into that house that we started work on our first book. We shot that entire book in our house over the course of three weeks, which was a chaotic experience of having a crew in there. This is our living room at the time. You can see it has just projects and equipment everywhere. We were painting walls overnight so that we had different backdrops. We were staging our living room into a bedroom. At one point, I had six different pieces of furniture I was painting in the yard at one time. So I don't know how we survived it, but we did. We all got the stomach bug on the very last day, crew included. It was memorable. And that book came out in the fall of 2012. It's called Young House Love, creatively. Not <laughs> not this young house. Um, when it was released, we went on a book tour of that. I think ended up being 22 cities and 27 different events uh, over the course of four months. <laughs> It was very, very crazy and exhausting, but at the same time, one of the most exciting things we've done, because after being behind our computers for so long, talking to all these other people on the internet, we actually got to interact face-to-face -face and see people and learn their stories as well. And we were in a hotel in Chicago? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. And we got a phone call from our publisher, and she was screaming in a way that I couldn't even understand what she was saying. And I was like, what is going on? And she said, you guys made the New York Times bestseller list. And we just lost it, because... They had literally said, like, nobody makes that in this category. There's, like, the Barefoot Contessa. There were all these cookbooks. It's the miscellaneous it's category. It's Oprah. I mean, it's, like, all the really famous. It's Rachel Ray. It's, like, the big people. It's Nate well, Marcus. the book that was above us was one entitled My Cat Could Pee on This. <laughs> so there's also, like, funny comedy books. It was just, like, a smorgasbord of everything. And they just were, like, don't think about the list. It doesn't matter. And it was one of those moments that we also said, this is teaching us that we like to meet people. And so after being behind our computer for so long, I think it taught us like the actual face-to-face -face community is also nice. And that's why we like doing these speaking events. And we eventually started a podcast, which we'll talk about later. But it's that conversation that I think we were missing from just blogging. Um, one of the big things that happened to us in 2013, which again, just built on a, a random event. Um, we were featured on the Oprah Winfrey Network, not the Oprah show that had ended by then, but this was on Super Soul Sunday, one of Oprah's big shows there. And they filmed a segment. We didn't get to meet Oprah herself, but she did say our names. Um, <laughs> Pronounce our last name perfectly. Yeah. 
Um, she tweeted something that Sherry said in the segment. Which, which I was like, I know that's an intern, but I'm pretending that's Oprah. But that just came to be because one of the producers at the network read our blog. And when we were in Chicago for our book tour, um, invited us to coffee to meet. And so it was just this random thing that we happened to be in the city and she happened to reach out for us that it turned into this opportunity. Um, another example of that from 2013 was actually when our first product collaboration came out with a company called Shades of Light. It's a, we look like vampires. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Vampires who want to sell you lights. (laughs) (laughs) You must live in darkness. Um, It was with a company based in Richmond called Shades of Light. And this was born from a relationship that we had had with them for a few years. They were just advertisers on our website. And at one point, they finally said, hey, would you guys ever be interested in designing some lights with us? And we were like, we've never done that before, but sure. And it was a way for us to stretch ourselves. And for them, they were looking to put some lower price, more youthful products in their mix. And so it was a fun project for us to work on together. That was also that moment in time where Grello was having a moment. So we did like <laughs> a lot of bright things. And now we are a little bit more, you know, your, your style always morphs. And I think design morphs too, because there was a moment on HGTV where it was like paint all the furniture a color. And now it's like strip it back to wood and let's do grays. And there's the restoration hardware, like very neutral, shabby wood tone. So I think you figure out what you like and design styles change. And so saying this is my style and clinging to it with your cold, dead hands is probably less. Says the vampire. (laughs) It's less kind to do to yourself because it is going to change. So giving yourself the kindness of knowing things will evolve, rooms will not always be the same, your style won't always be the same. I think it's funny now to be like, look at this, like I would never have this vignette look like this now, but it was a moment in time and I liked it. So I think that's okay. And so the newer line is sort of where design feels like it is now. We definitely love color. We have super colorful rugs, but we are playing more with materials. So we have like matte black with brass, which is a really big thing going on right now. We have scale, so an oversized pendant over the island. And so we're learning more about what we like by designing, but also by being the consumer. Like we literally designed these pendants because this is our kitchen and we couldn't find a pendant we wanted because every pendant was really little and our island was super thick and big. So we needed something larger scale and we wanted something not on a chain. We had had something on a chain before and we thought, let's just do something with a stem. And I think the way that we blog is the same way. We write for what we want to read. We never think about what other blogs are doing or what other lighting companies are doing. We like to approach it as the customer. And so I think even in designing your room, don't think about what other designers are doing or what other magazines are showing you. You're the customer, right? So think about what you really want. And I think that should always be your North Star in like business and life and also in decorating because I think you know yourself deeply. And to look at like, oh, everyone's doing turquoise right now. You might just not like turquoise and then you're going to get tired of it in like a week. 2013 is also when we moved to our current house, our third house. These are some before and afters of um, our current house. This is our, our dining room. It was this kind of 80s Williamsburg colonial look in here. And we, as Sherry was saying a few moments ago, kind of found a middle ground between our previous styles where we're using lots of neutrals on the wall still and kind of a a beachy vibe, but still finding places to um, inject some color. Like this is a really um, old green buffet that we found on Craigslist. And the chairs we found, I think, on Craigslist also. (laughs) Yeah, we spray painted them like a light blue, like sort of a robin's egg color. The rug is super bright in person. It has pinks in it. And so 
the color is not necessarily on the walls and we definitely played around with texture and in the blinds and the capiz light fixture and the glass on the table but we also definitely have color in there it's just not necessarily in the blue trim also since this is a house that we plan on staying in for a very long time we're learning you know places to go big and invest a little bit more time and money than we might have in the past so we went through a big kitchen renovation um, a couple years ago and as part of that we knocked down the wall that was separating our living room and our kitchen. We didn't want it totally open concept, but we wanted at least a little bit more of an open sight line. So we opened up this wall and ourselves constructed these built-ins around that opening. And it got us this, um, what we feel like is a very sort of expensive look, but it was like cheap stock cabinetry from Home Depot that we painted. And then I built the shelves on top. And I think the lesson there is that in the first house, we didn't know how to build anything. John built shelves for our daughter and you would have thought he was like Picasso. He was like, look at what I made our daughter. And so anyone who feels like, I don't know what I'm doing, he literally got this thing that was called the Craig Jig and it's a joinery tool. So it helps you make pocket holes, like what you already buy in most furniture and you can put a screw through the pocket hole and it makes for a strong joint. And that's how he learned and grew and now can make built-ins and... Still making shelves. <laughs> Always, yeah. <laughs> it's a Somebody higher level. Other than shelves. Uh, moving to 2014, this was another big year because our son was born. So it was fun doing uh, his nursery, more built-ins, more shelves. <laughs> One trick pony over One here. trick pony. <laughs> but also incorporating some cheaper and quicker projects as well. Like his changing table was just an Ikea Expedit shelf that we wrapped in basic wood from the home improvement store staying dark for sort of that mix of dark and light materials. 2014, actually just like a couple weeks after he was born, another big project opened. It was this designer show house. We were invited to work with a local builder in Richmond to do a, um, a charity event where from scratch, we helped design and decorate this home that got to be toured by um, the general public. And so it was an experience unlike anything we had done before because we'd always renovated old houses, worked with what was always already there. And here we were working from scratch and sort of the sky was the limit because um, we could put more than just shelves in there because we had his whole team. We were like, you're going to do the built-ins? We'll have them everywhere. <laughs> and also got to play with our style a little bit more and finding this line between what we thought we would want to live with, but also what would be interesting for people who are coming to these show houses to get ideas. And so trying to push ourselves a little bit to go outside of our comfort zone. The challenge here was we had four months and I was hugely pregnant. So I would like have contractions carrying things up and down the stairs. You know, that's unlike our experience at home where we're all about evolution and giving yourself grace. And we've lived in our house four and a half years and we're still not done. And here it was like, you have four months, go. But I think it stretched us in new ways. And I just think when we look back on the last 10 years and how we've grown, it's always been when we said yes to something new, instead of doing the same thing over and over again, that we really learned and sort of like pivoted in a good way. This taught us a lot that's helpful now because we're designing a beach house and we're using the same sort of like, we have to furnish everything at once. The clock is ticking. So it was helpful to draw upon this experience. And the other big thing in 2014 was that our products at Target launched, again, like within the same month as those other two things. It's a very busy April. Um, <laughs> this was like the Shades of Light collaboration that came very surprisingly to us because we uh, developed the products with a manufacturer called Liberty Hardware who had been an advertiser on the blog. They were just like little sidebar ads. Same with Shades of Light. Like we didn't do sponsored posts about them. They were just little things on the sidebar. 
but we worked with them for years. And I think they were like, hey, maybe we could have someone design it with us. Who should we talk to? And it was so cool that they thought of us. Yeah. So they invited us to develop some hooks and hardware with them. And it was about halfway through the process. They were like, oh, yeah, did we tell you guys that we're going to try to sell to Target? And we were like, sure. <laughs> I had like extreme stage right. And then I was like, we shouldn't do it. It's going to be embarrassing. Um, but it came out. It was just a limited time uh, there at Target, um, but it was on an end cap. And so seeing this thing that you had created on a whim, this website, suddenly be on an end cap at Target stores across the country was a very surreal moment. Again, that was I think that just ran for 16 weeks as, as scheduled. But since then, more recently, Home Depot has picked up several of the products and we've been able to develop some more with them. But 2014, all that was happening in the spring. By the fall, uh, things kind of ended in a, a poof. A puff of smoke. <laughs> yeah. We like threw glitter and ran. Um, the best way to describe it is that with all these things that we had been juggling, nothing was feeling as fun as exciting as it had been. And so we basically called it quits. We told our readers that we just needed to step away from the internet for a month to sort of gather ourselves and figure out really what we want out of all this. That month turned into a year. Um, and <laughs> and we- as a blogger who used to be daily, your analytics go like, pew. It means like nobody's going every day. Nobody's clicking anything. But we knew this was not about money or fame or losing followers. It was really about this entire journey. We were doing things for the fun and feeling really inspired. And when it felt like so much pressure to put food on the table, feeling like we we're letting people down or they had different expectations, we couldn't pinpoint it at the time. And that's why I think we need to take the break. And we thought in a month it would be clear, which is like laughable because I don't think anyone can step far enough away in 30 days to figure anything out. And so after the year, it was really clear that like the pressure of all of it resting on the blog, like if the blog did poorly, then we wouldn't have books and we wouldn't have products. And how do we feed our two children? And our blog's even going to be around in five years. It just was too much. And so by stepping back, it was almost like diversification and freedom from that pressure because we got to take on other freelance jobs and work on things in advertising and do some local design I I went back and did consulting for the ad agency that I had left when our daughter was born. Um, So we spent a lot of that time off just trying new things and figuring out what felt like the right mix. I'm going to interrupt here for a second. This is me back at home. John from the baby chair coming at you live. Yep. If you guys want to hear more about why we quit our blog and what we learned from taking that step back, We cover that more in depth in episode number 14. So you can go back and listen to that to hear more about that decision because I know this was kind of a brief overview here of this talk. We synopsized it in about 30 seconds. We we had 10 years to go through in about a half an hour, guys. It had to be (laughs) quick. Um, But we're going to take a quick break right now. But when we come back, we're going to finish off the talk and you'll get to hear one of the reasons why we decided to come back from our break. And also an exciting new thing we have in development. It's a scoop that we haven't talked about except at this event. Yeah, they had the exclusive until now. If anyone out there is looking for a decorating tool to make their life easier, this week's sponsor, Modsy, is totally here to help you guys. You send them some photos of your room and just two measurements, the length and the width, and they turn it into this cool, crazy 3D model of the room. The furniture they use is real furniture from real stores like West Elm, CB2, Serena and Lily. And I know when you get stuck designing a room, a lot of people suggest taking everything out and bringing things in one at a time. But that sounds like it could be a very sweaty solution, especially if the holidays are nipping at your neck. So Karina, one of Modsy's designers, explained how they can help you avoid all of that chaos. We love to like look at our customers' photos and see how they're using the space and then try and show them at least like one completely different layout idea um, for their space that you normally wouldn't do if you had to like lug a bunch of furniture around. 
To get started on your own 3D room design, head over to modsy.com YHL. And you can take 20% off your first room using code YHL20. But if you order this weekend for Black Friday, you can get 50% off using code YHL50. So between this Friday, November 24th, and Monday, November 27th, you can get your first room for just about 35 bucks. Get started at modsy.com slash YHL. That's M-O-D-S-Y dot com slash YHL. One thing we did work on during that time that we were stepped back from the blog was our second book. We'd already committed to it before we quit. <laughs> I probably was like, you're doing what? I was like, really sorry. Uh, It'll give us more time to work on the book, though. This was a fun project as well, because uh, while the first book was a lot of DIY projects and tutorials and how-tos, this one, um, which is called Lovable Livable Home, we really wanted to showcase more spaces and really focus on the fact that places can be beautiful and also really livable. I think we all have a bit of skepticism. We look in pretty magazines and stuff and be like, yeah, but no one really lives there, right? Like that's all just styled for Pinterest or whatever. And so we wanted to feature houses that we rolled up to with just a photographer. We didn't bring a stylist. One guy, our brother-in-law, that was it. And I didn't bring flowers and I didn't bring pillows. I didn't bring a sprig of greenery. It was what was in the house. And when they opened the door, probably very rudely, I was like, show me where your microwave is. Show me where you hide your cords. Because my vision was not just capturing something beautiful. In fact, we nixed pages that were too pretty but didn't have a story. We wanted teachable moments where you could put your microwave. We show like four different places. How you can hide your cords. We show an office that we didn't touch the cords. And then we reveal where the cords were. So we really wanted people to understand that like you don't have to not buy into the reality of magazines and just give up on your home. There's this like medium where it's not full of flowers and you won't see a lot of greenery and there's not like a rolling pin with flour on the counter, but there's houses that people live in. And so we thought that was just a fun thing to bring to this industry that is like very heavily styled. Uh, When that book came out in the fall of 2015, we went on another book tour, thankfully a shorter one. (laughs) Um, But it was helpful for us because this was still while we had sort of been on a break. And this was a good time for us to sort of uh, get back out there and start to have these face-to-face reconnections, which is really what we had enjoyed most about this whole business was the sort of interpersonal connections. And so it was through doing this that I think in a lot of ways it encouraged us to um, sort of dip our toes back in and start vlogging a bit more regularly. So we started posting a bit more, sharing a bit more about our own projects and come off our break, I guess, to unquit. It's when we learned like it didn't have to be all or nothing. And I don't think we could have gone from posts every day to just saying like, guys, we're going to do like one a month and then we'll slowly build up back to one a week. It was like, no, we're used to what you're doing. You're used to what you're doing. This is how you do it. And so I think taking the break allowed everyone to be like, okay, it's probably healthier for everyone involved to just do what they really love because it's more fun to read a blog that someone loves to write. And it's more fun to write a blog that you love to write. And so sometimes when something you love becomes a job, it's kind of the grind. And so if there's a way to turn it back into the passion project, even if it means having a day job or taking on other projects for us, it was like very creatively fulfilling to do that. Well, the other thing is that it reminded us that part of the reason we loved all this was just doing random fun things that we did for the experience of it. So in 2016, we did very random things like we released a coloring book, which if you had told me when I graduated college that I'd be doing a coloring book filled with room interiors, I would have laughed at you. I would have said adult coloring books, who would buy those? Yeah, Um, now they're an industry. But it was just something that sounded fun. And who knew when we'd ever get the invitation to do that again? So um, it was a cool learning experience. We also started a podcast, which again, podcast about decorating, like who would think that would be a good idea? But we just decided that it would be a good experiment to see if we could take this very visual 
topic and play with it in a non-visual medium. And so we've been doing that for um, over a year now. We're almost up to episode 75. And I think it's a thing that has reinvigorated us in our sort of creative mojo by just having something that challenges us, something that we didn't know the technology of. We had to find new ways to interact with the audience, things that we'd enjoyed about blogging when we first started because it was so strange and unfamiliar. We're not finding again doing the podcast. But we also have some design projects in the works as well. We purchased a fixer-upper beach house on Virginia's Eastern Shore. Like the show house that we had done, which was a completely different scale of renovation, this is like that, but because it was totally falling apart. We had bought things before that needed cosmetic fixes, but this like needed like foundations and all new walls. I should I should say this is during demolition. This is demo, but this is how we. But this is it. what it looked like when we bought it. And we actually had to tear this entire side. Both of those pictures came off the house and into a dumpster, and we rebuilt about four hundred square feet from the foundation up because they had set the foundation in sand. And turns out sand is not very supportive over a hundred years. So the house was literally sinking. It was like twelve inches lower on that side because it was just falling into the sand. We're in the process right now of furnishing this. We just um, started moving furniture in about a month ago. So these are in, in process. But it's been a challenge renovating something that was so far gone, something that's historic. It's from 1920. And finding a place where we can marry our style with this old house, but also make it feel uh, fresh and also a little bit beachy because it is in the beach community. And catching up to now, we are crazy enough that we've bought a second beach property. <laughs> it's actually two doors down from the other one. It was also falling apart and very cheap. It's a duplex. So now we have two more more grody houses to deal with. And six more bathrooms to do. All this beach house stuff actually was born because the Virginia tourism folks asked us to do like a real people campaign where they invited us out to the Eastern Shore to spend a day with our family so they could photograph it for an ad. And that's how we found this town. And that's how we find ourselves renovating three houses there. (laughs) Um, And this other picture is to represent, we haven't mentioned this to anyone yet. This is an exclusive to everyone in the room. Um, We're working on developing a line of furniture. Uh, If all goes well, we'll release sometimes next year. But another new process for us, always learning and stretching new muscles, I guess. And I think, as we said at the beginning, like there were several instances when we look back that we couldn't predict that this thing would lead to the next thing or that we would find joy doing this one thing or need to quit temporarily for another reason. That was like the epic fail on the stage, you guys. It was like, what? The New York Times wrote about it. Like it was an epic fail. But I think in looking back on the 10 years, the mistakes are what make you who you are and they're what bring you where you need to be. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. And again, happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Yeah, of all the weeks in the year, we'd be remiss not to say how grateful we are for all of you guys who listen. Whether you tune in regularly each week, just catch up every so often, or this is your very first episode. Welcome. We really love making this podcast, and we have you guys to thank for it. And we love hearing what you guys do while you listen. Like Santi on Twitter, who listened on our way to see the play The Full Monty in Cape Town, South Africa. And don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode. You know, like all those slides from the presentation I mentioned? Yeah, and that shot of John with the tampons in his desk. It's a good one, you guys. Later. Bye. So we'll talk a little bit about both design and sort of uh, our business as we go. Let's see if I use this correctly. (laughs) Oh, I went backwards. (laughs) Just a little bit of delay. Just like awkward pausing. Um, (laughs) It's suspense. Back to you, Josh. Drama. There we go. Okay.